Amen. I'm encouraged. Y'all better not worship like that while I'm gone. That's not fair. (laughs) Well, good morning, everybody. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 13. Uh, If you didn't hear yet, today's my last Sunday until until sabbatical, so I'm heading out after today. Thank you, Mark, for that, and elders and everybody else, so encouraging. We have send-off Sunday this morning, and I'm really excited to share with you one last time uh, before I get to be with you again in three months. So you're not going to see me for a little bit, and I'm not going to see you, but it's going to be good. God's on the move. Amen? Amen. Luke 13, and please have something to take notes with. Uh, I am very, very excited to share with you this morning. Um, it's like, oh, God, why you got to get me all fired up right before I step out? So I'm, I'm encouraged. I hope that you are ready to receive a, a living, active word from God this morning that has power on it for you, that matters for you, that you ought to be ready to respond to and receive from him because he's inviting you into something. Luke chapter 13 I'm going to read it, I'm going to pray, and then I've got some notes, and we'll see where we go for a little while here. Luke chapter 13, go ahead and stand up for the reading of the Word of God. We're going to be uh, in verse 6, a few short verses this morning. We have a parable from Jesus in Luke 13, and Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came seeking fruit on it, and he found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And the vine dresser answered him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure. Then, if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, then you can cut it down. Lord, we thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to be together in your presence and for the ways that already this morning we have tasted of you, we have seen you, we have proclaimed you, experienced you. We're so thankful to be together today. We thank you for your word that we get to read and uh, talk about and receive from. And we are asking, Holy Spirit, that you would come and anoint your word with power to do your work. I pray, God, that you would come and accomplish your work in us this morning. I pray, God, that no one in here would be here just to listen and walk out the same. I pray that all of us, Lord, we would be actively listening this morning, ready to hear instruction and direction, um, correction, rebuke, encouragement, training, whatever it is, Lord. Would you come and speak to us? Would you guide me in our time together, Lord? And I thank you for this Last time together, heading off into sabbatical, I thank you for what you're doing in all of us in this time, and I pray that you would help me communicate um, well and communicate clearly what it is that you're saying to us as a house this morning. We love you. We anticipate hearing from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead and take a seat. I want to do a few things in our time together this morning. I want to do my best to answer a couple of uh, 
frequently asked questions I've been getting from ones of you over the last couple of months since we announced the sabbatical back in January. I want to give a few answers to hopefully some questions that will help you understand what this is, what's going on, what am I going to be doing, all that sort of good stuff. But I want to hopefully spend the bulk of our time together sharing with you uh, some things that God has been stirring in, in us that I want to make sure we get some language to as we head into this summer. And this morning, as I was praying for you, I just saw kind of this image in my mind of everybody standing and that Jesus is in the room and you have the opportunity this morning to put your hands out because he wants to give you something today. He wants to give you something, but you've got to put your hands out to receive it. And I would just encourage you as we get started this morning to have that posture in your heart and in your mind um, that God has something here for you this morning. And I'm praying, like I just prayed, that, that I'm able to put words to it. But I feel like God wants to give you a word this morning. And when God speaks, it's alive. And it comes with power. It's not just information. It's, it's always invitation. And Jesus has an invitation for you this morning. So hopefully we'll, we'll get there and, and I'll do a decent job here. But first I want to answer a couple of questions that I've been getting. First is, what's a sabbatical? What's a sabbatical? Where are you going? What, what's going on here? You just leave for three months and how's that work? So what's a sabbatical? To put it simply, a sabbatical is a season of Sabbath. Not complicated. Sabbath is a day. And sabbatical is a season of Sabbath. Somebody who um, has been mentoring me on some things, he just says, sabbaticals a, is a bunch of Sabbath days in a row. Like, that makes sense to me. But that, that's important. It's simple, but it's important because it's, it's important to know that the definition of sabbatical isn't just vacation or time off or even like a break. It's a time set apart to remember the Lord because that's what Sabbath is. So if we want to understand what sabbatical is, we just got to build on what Sabbath is. So, and that's what Sabbath is, a time set apart to remember the Lord. I, I shared a message in January as part of our Bring Me Another Jar series called Stop. I'm not going to rehash that whole message, but we talked about Sabbath, and I would really encourage you to listen to it. If you missed it, go back and listen to it um, as we head into this summer. I'm not going to refresh all of it, but what we talked about was how God has worked into natural order our need for rest, our need for rest. And our need for rest isn't just a physical need, it's a spiritual need. It's definitely a physical need, it's also a spiritual need. Our bodies need to rest, but we also need Sabbath as an exercise of stopping and remembering the Lord. Exodus 31 puts it this way. The Lord said this to his people. Did I give you guys that verse? I don't know if I sent you even any notes. Okay, and I forgot to put it in my notes too. So, Oh, we got it? Oh, we're getting there. Hey, here we go. Nope, that's Luke 13. All right, Exodus 31. Everybody just turn in your Bibles, Exodus 31. I'll erase the screen there. Exodus 31, 13. Jesus is talking, or the Lord is talking to Moses about the Sabbath. He says this, Exodus 31, 13. You are to speak to the people of Israel. Stop turning and just listen for a second. It's only one verse, so I don't want you to miss it. Keeping you on your toes. You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths. So what is Sabbath? I want, I want God's definition of Sabbath, right? For this is a sign between me and you throughout, 
throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. I, the Lord, sanctify you. There's zillions of books written on Sabbath and sermons preached and pastor's definitions, and that's all, that's all good and well. But I want to make sure at the foundation of our understanding of Sabbath and our own lives is that God's definition of Sabbath is you stopping your work inside and out to remember when I'm doing nothing, it's the Lord who sanctifies me. That's where my life is built off of. So Sabbath is where you're not working, not accomplishing, not being productive, and you remember it is the Lord who sustains you, the Lord who perfects you, the Lord who provides for you. So yes, there is a physical element to Sabbath, but there is an even larger spiritual element to Sabbath where you are exercising and reminding yourself, it's the Lord who sanctifies me. Sabbath is extremely important to God, and it's extremely important to you. Whether you do it or not, it's important to you. Whether I do it or not, it's important. Sabbatical, like I said, is essentially a season of Sabbath. It's a time that the elders and I have, have designated for me to step out of the daily responsibilities of church, the weekly responsibilities of preaching, the rhythms of leading the church to focus on going deep in the Lord myself. Focus on my personal relationship with Jesus outside of all of my work. I love my work. I genuinely mean it. I love my work. I love this church. I love all of you. I love the leading. I love the preaching. And it is good to take a Sabbath season to personally, for me, to just go deep in God outside of all of those good things. So this whole conversation isn't new. Like Mark said, you know, nobody's tanking or anything, which I'm so thankful for. I'm glad that this wasn't one of those phone calls of like, sorry, everybody, got to go. And uh, maybe you've heard stories like that or been a part of things like that. And I've learned, uh, I've looked around and learned that sabbatical for a lead pastor is one of those things. You either volunteer for it or it gets assigned to you. <laughs> and so I thought, let's volunteer for it. Yeah. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. So this conversation started actually back in 2019. Um, we had come through kind of a little bit of a challenging season. We had been planning the church for a couple of years. And I remember reaching out to the elders and saying, I wonder if it might be time for a sabbatical sometime next year. And uh, we prayed about it heading into 2020. And we're like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't think it's the right time. So glad we sought the Lord on that. Uh, so 2020 happens. Heading into 2021, we sort of revisited the conversation. It was like, yeah, probably not right now either. Like, I'm not, there's no, nobody's redlining or anything. Let's not force it. It doesn't need to be now, so let's not do now. And as we were coming to the end of last year, it just became clear one of those things heading into 2022. I remember it was October, November, sometime like that. I reached out to the elders and I actually, I, I said, hey guys, we've been talking about sabbatical for a couple of years. And where I'm at is that I'm mature enough to know next year's the time to do it, but I'm not mature enough to do it unless you tell me to. So that's where we left it off. And they were like, great, you're taking sabbatical next year. I was like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> so that's kind of how the decision went. And we talked to the, the planning and here we are. So planting and, and leading this church, it has been a wonderful experience. It's been an amazing coming up on six years. And uh, I, I know I, and this is true for Heather as well, but I, I've grown in the Lord so much through doing this. Like I've been telling people recently, as, as we hit the five-year mark, that seemed to be a mark people were like, okay, you... That's, 
That's like a legitimate time frame. What, have you learned something? Where you at? And I've just told people the last like year and a half, I love Jesus more than I ever have. I love the church more than I ever have. Heather and I are doing great. I love my kids. Like I'm so thankful for this journey that God's had us on and for each one of you. And I, it's been an amazing growth experience. I was just tell, talking to some friends a couple weeks ago. I was just like, Jesus has discipled me so much through starting a church, and I, I'm so thankful for that. And, and as I continue to lead, it's, it's good. But like I said, it is good for a season to just go meet with him for the sake of growing in him personally, apart from all this stuff. Because I want to be a great pastor. I want to be a great pastor. But to do that, and what's honestly way more important than that, is that I want to be a great disciple of Jesus. Luke 13, as we read... Jesus tells a parable of, of, of a man coming to a fig tree and it's barren and he's like, this thing hasn't borne, borne fruit for years. Let's just cut this thing down. But his gardener says, hold on, give me a second. Let me work with it. Let me dig around. Let me put some fertilizer in there. Let me, let me spend some time on this tree real quick. And if it doesn't start bearing fruit, then you can cut it down, but just give me a second. And I just feel like that's an invitation from the Lord, you know, for, for me personally. Not that I hopefully haven't borne no fruit, but this is a, it's a time to let the gardener do some work and start digging around down in the roots, fertilize some stuff down deep in there. Just, I feel like it's, it's from the Lord to say, hey, Andrew, just give me a second. Give me a few months and let me get my hands in there. So for the sake of bearing fruit, because I want to grow and abiding in Jesus, because I want to grow in bearing fruit unto the Father for his glory. So that's what sabbatical is and why I'm doing it. A couple other questions I've been getting frequently is, um, and this might be stereotypical, but it's, it's just how it's worked out. The women ask me, how am I feeling about all this? And the men ask me, what are you going to do? <laughs> so we'll kind of go after both of those. <laughs> How am I feeling? How am I feeling about all this? I'm feeling a couple different things. I'm feeling good. Uh, I've shared some of that already. Uh, I'm really excited. I'm excited to go deeper with the Lord. I am, I'm excited to, to kind of shut the whole thing down and see what happens. I'm excited for going deeper with Heather and my kids and the, the time and space that's being created for that. So I feel good and I'm excited about that. I'm also pretty nervous because like, I wonder what Jesus is going to find as he starts putting his hands down in the roots. <laughs> and what he's like, oh, look what I found, Andrew. I'm like, oh, that was buried for a reason, you know? <laughs> so God's good, and I'm thankful that he's the gardener and, and nobody else. So he's good to me, and he'll be gentle as he finds whatever he might find. But um, yeah, you know how it is. I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. What's God going to want to talk about that I've just been too busy to talk about? And uh, what, what, what's been covered up maybe with some busyness? Or I, I don't know. How's it going to feel to have nothing going on? You know, I'm sure there's going to be days where I'm like, this is amazing. And there's going to be days where I'm like, who am I? No, what, what am I even doing? So I'm a little nervous for some of that stuff. But at the, at the end of January, John West shared a message with us called The Quiet Place. And he talked about getting quiet with the Lord. And he talked about the challenge that it is to get away to a quiet place and shut down all the external noise of life. And that is true. And then he said something that at least it just like pierced me. He said, but then once you get to the quiet place, after you've shut down all the outside noise, then you've got to let all the inside noise start to quiet down. And I'm like, yeah, that's a 
Sounds a little intimidating, but it's going to be good. And so I'm thankful for that time. So, ladies, that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> so what am I going to be doing? <laughs> what am I going to be doing? Well, I want to tell you some things I will not be doing. Uh, some people have asked me about this. I'm, I'm not going to be visiting other churches. I'm not going to be looking for another job. I'm, I'm not interested <laughs> in that. I mean, hey, you know, some of you were like, last time I had a pastor who went on sabbatical, he never came back. <laughs> I'm not looking for another job. I'm, I'm not going to go write a book. I've had several people ask me about that. Uh, I'm not writing. What's so funny? I'm just, I'm just imagining your face. I mean, you're right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Thanks, Heather. I'm not going to be, I'm not just going to be writing, you know, the next few sermon series so that I've got those done when I come back. So I'm, I'm not doing those things. Um, what, what will I be doing? What are some things I will be doing? Uh, so part of just the idea of Sabbath and then implementing into an extended period of sabbatical is I'm going to be doing a lot of abstaining from normal life. And that is, a, that is a spiritual discipline, abstinence. We talked about this on Ash Wednesday uh, for the Lent season. So I'm going to be doing a lot of unplugging. I'm not going to have my phone or text messages or email or really. Uh, the plan is no internet for personal use. Maybe watch some movies, babe, or something. But, but it's just like I'm, gonna, I'm getting out of, of all of that stuff to try to quiet it all down. Uh, I won't be around here. So it's, I'm not just going to not be preaching. I won't be at church. I'm not going to be, obviously, in the office in the, the week to week, so I'll be uh, out of kind of church business. Um, Heather and the kids, they'll probably come around a handful of times, and she's like, I'm not not coming to church and worshiping for three months. I was like, great, that's fine, go for it. So you, you'll see her and the kids around sometimes, and that's awesome, but for me, I'm going to be having to totally step out just to let it all get quiet and stay quiet for a little while. Um, I'm going to be doing some solitude and silence, so I'll be spending some alone time. And, and going out on some trips to just be alone. Uh, the, the, the abstinence is for quieting down the outside, and the solitude and silence is for quieting down the inside. I'm going to be doing some reading. Obviously, I'll be reading my Bible. Don't worry. Um, be, but be, just be doing some different rhythms of Bible reading and um, maybe some books, but I've been told not to read too many. Um, and then definitely some play. I'll be playing, and that'll be really exciting. And I had somebody share with me recently, he, I forget who he said said it, but I'm pretty sure it's a few centuries old, so it's legit. <laughs> he said, somebody coined this truth that rest, like physical rest is Sabbath for the body and play is Sabbath for the mind. So I give that to you. Play is awesome. And it is, it is, it is a way to let your mind unplug from the work of the mind and to be restored. So there's going to be personal refreshment. We're doing some family trips. Heather and I are going to Greece for our 10-year anniversary. So that's going to be awesome. We're excited about that. So guys, that's what I'm going to be doing. So that's me. I would love for you to be praying for us. Uh, please be praying for us. Pray for the things that I've shared, just that things would be quiet, that God would speak, that we'd meet with him, that we'd go deep in the Lord, deep with each other, deep with our kids. That's really the main vision statement for me for the sabbatical is I want to go deep in soul connection with Jesus, deep in soul connection with my wife, and deep in soul connection with my kids. So that's what you can pray. Uh, if we do that, that's a win. So uh, please pray for rest. Um, rest is awesome. I probably need some more rest than I think I do. 
do, um, but I'm, I'm excited for the time that we're going to have to invest in each other. And also, please be praying for revelation from God. I just, I'm like, Lord, I want to have the, the most wild encounters I've ever had. I want to be more filled with the Holy Spirit than ever before. I want the Bible to be more alive than ever before. I want to experience the power and the presence of God like no other time in my life. So I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to sabbatical harder than anyone's ever sabbatical. <laughs> Our staff's least favorite motto of mine is anything worth doing is worth overdoing. So that's the goal. (laughs) The last question I've been getting is who's going to preach? We're just going to be watching YouTube videos every Sunday. Um, No, one of the things I'm so pumped about is that you are only going to hear from other people in our church. Uh, You're going to have 14 weeks of other people in our church. How crazy is that? There's like six or seven other people from our church are going to be preaching, and it's just going to be amazing. So we've got the whole thing lined out. Uh, So next week, Karis is preaching. She's going to be a great word, bring a great word, as she always does. Then after that, you're doing four weeks on... Drum roll, please. The Minor Prophets. Most of you probably never heard a sermon on that, but they're in the Bible. And it's going to be a rich time. You're going to have uh, hear from Austin Bontrager twice. Everybody's favorite pastor, Sam Best. And we've got our, our brand new elder, Ron Stoller. <laughs> Uh, they're going to be preaching. So what they're going to do is they're going to each just give kind of an overview message of one of the 12 minor prophets. And uh, most people wouldn't know it, but God actually speaks through the minor prophets. It's, it's great stuff. Um, then we've got somewhere in there, we got four weeks from Father Steve. So he's just going to do four weeks on whatever he wants to do. It's going to be great. And then... Uh, then we're doing another four weeks on New Testament letters. So it's going to be awesome. So Sam's going to preach again. Ron's going to preach again. Patrick Poor and John West are going to preach. And they're going to be doing kind of the same thing with the Minor Prophets, taking kind of an overview of a letter, maybe picking out one thing and uh, just feeding you some good spiritual food over the summer. So I'm excited for you. It's going to be great. Um, So it's going to be fun to hear from all these different people. That's the plan. And if you all don't do it that way, I'll never know. So just have a good time. (laughs) I'll send Heather to come every once in a while. So, okay, I want to spend, gosh, that took too long. I want to spend the rest of our time um, sharing with you what I'm excited about for you and what some things that God's been speaking for us as a church as we head into this. Something that has been connecting that God's been really showing me and opening my eyes to over the last six or eight weeks or so is the reality. I've been preparing for sabbatical for like, you know, six or seven months, but over the last six, seven, eight weeks, God's been making it really clear to me like, hey, this, this is for you. Sabbatical is for you in a unique way, but sabbatical season is a church thing. Like this is a unique season and it's forcing everybody into a unique season for sure on staff, you know, it's just new rhythms, some new responsibilities, things like that. And I'm like, whoa, by virtue of me doing it in the way that I'm doing it, this is actually a season for us as a church. And in the same way that sabbatical is for for me and my family to step away to hear the Lord, this is a season where God is going to speak to our church. He's not just going to speak to me for me and me for our church. God's going to speak to you for you 
for the person next to you, for your family, and for this church. This is a season for us to receive from him. It's not just, okay, Andrew, have a good time off. It's no, this is a season to remember the Lord. This is a season to seek his face and hear his voice. And when we seek his face, we will see his face. And when we lean in to listen for his voice, we will hear his voice. The word for this year has been, bring me another jar. Bring me another jar. I want to say it a hundred more times. Bring me another jar. Out of 2 Kings 4, when the widow's running out of oil and Elisha says, go find empty jars and not too few. We spent the whole, what was that, 10 or 11, I don't know, a bunch of weeks of the year talking about we've got to respond to the Lord's call for us to make empty time in our life so that we can come to him, that he might fill us. As we were praying this morning as a staff, we were just, or I was just like getting overcome by the faithfulness of God because I'm like, you can't not fill an empty jar that we bring you. The question is not, will God pour out his oil into your life? The question is, if you and I will make some space, if you and I will bring him some empty moments for him to fill us with himself. So this is a unique year, a unique season for us. And so, you know, for me, that's looking one way. I'm shutting my life down to hear from the Lord. Um, Our staff, I've I've been talking to them for the last several weeks. What are the priorities for the summer? And the, the big thing there is just slow down. Slow down. Don't go through this summer just being super busy. You've got to slow down. We're not starting any new things. Uh, there's a very small spending limit that I've given them. Like we're not spending a bunch of money on anything new. We're not spending a bunch of time launching a bunch of new stuff or like coming up with new ideas and new initiatives. It's like slow down. And then when you slow down and find the moment you probably would have filled with doing something new, just stop and listen. Give the, Lord that, give the Lord those times, those moments, those hours, those days. Slow down. Make more space for prayer. Make more space for relationships. Go hang out with people. Go hang out with more friends. Like, have fun. Do things. Slow, slow down. And, and, and I encourage you, church, don't just get busy this summer. Because summer's busy. Summer's full. There's travel. There's all kinds of things. And those things are great. Busy isn't just a calendar thing. It's an internal thing, right? Busy is mainly a heart and mind thing, not a schedule thing. Don't just look back when September 1st comes and be like, yeah, we did a bunch of things, but I wasn't really there because my brain was just spinning. I was so busy. Slow yourself down a little bit. Slow your mind down. Slow your heart down and believe that you're going to hear God speak. In the same way for me, I, I believe for you that Luke 13, this is, a, this is a summer to garden. This is a summer to make space for Jesus to reach his hands into your life and do some gardening. For him to dig in, cultivate some soil, loosen up some soil that's been hard. Because sometimes we get the seed of the kingdom sown, but our, our heart is like a hard path. And the enemy comes and snatches up the seed off the path. And we need Jesus to reach his hands in and and soften up the hard soil. Sometimes the seed of the kingdom is sown into our lives and the soil is shallow. It's maybe loose on the top, but there's no space for the roots to go down deep. And the, the heat of life 
the busyness of life. The sun rises and it scorches down on, on what started to bloom, but it dehydrates it and scorches it and cooks it up and it doesn't bear fruit. Sometimes the seed of the kingdom is sown into our lives and sown into our hearts, but thorns grow up. The, the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for all these other things, the worries of school starting again in the fall, the, the worries of making vacation happen perfectly, the deceitfulness of riches of if I have some more time, what I've got to do is just figure out how to make more money and do some side hustles. If I just have more money, I could actually enjoy this summer. I can't slow down because I've got to go make some more money and I need some space. The deceitfulness of if I just had a little bit more. The desire for other things. Yeah, I want the Lord, but I also want to go do all the other things too. I want to go satisfy the things of my flesh. Those things grow and they choke out the seed. And we need Jesus to reach in and pull some of these things out. Pull out the thorns by the roots. And that takes some work sometimes. God, I need you to root out where I have a desire for something else more than I desire you. I need you to root out where I, I'm, not, I'm not actually living out of content out of contentment and provision. I'm, I'm living out of a, a love of money. And I need, you to, I need you to root that thing out. I'm being driven by that. I need you to reach in and root out the worries of the world. I, I, I'm not seeking the kingdom first and having hope for the future as you will take care of me as you take care of the sparrows. I, I'm not living in that hope. I'm living in the worry of the future. And I need you by your word and by your spirit to come in and root that out so that the seed of the kingdom might grow. So that the seed of the kingdom might grow in you and produce a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. God wants to have abundant harvest in your life. And he wants abundant harvest in your life so that you have that abundant harvest. But you can't eat 30, 60, and 100 fold. There's fruit that God wants to bear in you to feed others. It's not just about you. And we need the gardener to come in and find where are the places I'm not bearing fruit. By your mercy, instead of cutting me down, just prune me, Lord Jesus. Teach me to abide in you in all things that I might bear fruit to the glory of God the Father. This is a season to garden. There is something stirring in our church right now. And this is very, uh, they're very prophetic language this morning on a lot of this stuff, but it's the best I've got. Something is stirring in us. Over, like I said, over the last six to eight weeks, my eyes have been open to it, and I've just been noticing that um, there's things that have been stirring in me for us as a church. But on the other side of that, I've had more conversations recently with a number of you that have been telling me the same thing in different conversations. There's so many people as a part of this church right now who are saying things like, I just feel like God's stirring something in me. Like, Maybe something for the future, something for me or for my family. Like, I just feel like I'm more open-handed than before. I don't know what God wants to do. I don't know where he's kind of leading me. But like, there's something. God's doing something in me, something in my family. I'm not sure what it is, but I want to know what it is. So if you've been feeling that in yourself, I want you to hear two things. Number one, that's the Lord. You are hearing God. And I want to put a megaphone to that whisper in your heart and say, slow down and listen to that. Notice it. Notice that whisper. Stop and find it. Go find it. 
Where's that whisper coming from? I have to sit and hear more of what it has to say. Life is loud and shouting at you, but the Lord's whispering to you. That's what that stirring is. Make space for his voice because he wants to speak to you. He is getting your attention. Turn aside to hear his voice. Make empty moments to bring to him and take the next three months to find space to let God speak to you. And please, in that space, be quiet enough to hear. The second thing I want you to hear, if you've been sensing that, is that you are not alone. It's not just you. That's pretty cool. There's a lot of people that are in the same spot that you are. So if you're sensing a stirring, don't do it alone. Share with somebody. If you haven't yet, share with your life group. Hey, I'm one of those people, stuff stirring in me. You don't have to know where it leads before you can share it. That's right. It's like, ah, I don't want to be confusing. No, no, this is the point. We got to do this together. Let your life group in. Let your friends in to say, I think I, need to, I think I need to make some space for God to speak to me. So what I'm saying is that sometimes, at least, I don't know if you, you feel this, but I know I do. When I, when I start feeling stirring from God, I get really stressed out. Because I'm like, I got to know what he's trying to say yesterday. You know, I probably have a hard heart. Otherwise, I'd have this figured out by now. Like, and so every day, it's like every time you go to pray, you're like, Lord, what, what is it? What is it? What's the answer? What's the answer? You know? I want you to hear. I believe that this is, God is inviting us in to a season of being content listening. And not every day being like, maybe today's going to be the day that he connects all the dots. Today's going to be the day he connects all the dots. Now I'm getting frustrated because it's been three days. You know? No. Give it three months. And just write down what you feel God hearing. You, you may get to a time in the middle of the summer, you're like, I've got the whole thing. Great. Give it some more time. Keep listening. Keep listening. Let him speak. Marinate on what he says. Don't just get up and start running with it. Let's take time. Let's take time. So these stirrings are happening in, in, in these stirrings are happening in individuals. And in families. But like I said, this is also happening in our church. There is something stirring for us and in us as a people. And so if you're resonating with what I'm saying about, you're like, ah, personally, I feel that stirring. I don't really know where it goes, you know, but I feel it. That's where I'm at for us as a people and as a, as a church. Um, you, you've been hearing us talk this year about igniting the boiler room. And if you if that's new to you, please go back to the Ash Wednesday message and, and listen to that and get kind of caught up on that. We're, we're trying to build this place of prayer in our own lives personally and also in us corporately. And as we head into the summer, I want to share with you just something really simple. And, and again, I don't know where it leads, but I, I know that this is what God has been speaking to, to me and to some of our, our leadership as we've been praying over the last couple of months that goes in line with all of this. I have heard the Lord saying to us, that to us, Antioch Indy, if you will give this first part of the year to building the boiler room, in the fall, there will be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a clarity of vision corporately and individually. There is something available for us this fall, I believe. And I, I believe that it's, it's like a coin with two sides. I believe that, the God, that God is inviting us 
to say, if you will seek me in the place of prayer, if you will go down into the boiler room, if you will make empty space in your life to go and shut the door and seek my face and hear my voice, if you will do it personally and if you will do it corporately, this fall we will experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of power by the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of revelation by the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of healing and intimacy with God by the Holy Spirit. And partnered with that, that sounds amazing. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, I want that. Please, like just, just come and just, you know, like, please, we've got to have it. I want it personally, like, but we, come on, Lord Jesus. But also, I feel like in the same way, he's promising us not just the ah, Holy Spirit power, you know, but partnered with that, a clarity of vision for us corporately and individually. God is stirring um, a clarity of vision for us as a house of what the next several years are supposed to look like. And just like I was sharing, individually that's happening as well. That in the fall, I believe it's going to be a time of, of people individually getting clarity from God on who am I, what have you called me to, where have you called me to, what have you called me to do, and now I also have the power from the Holy Spirit to do it. So I'm believing for a God-breathed fall. And I share that with you, and I ask you, please pray. Pray it in. Let's go. Let's go into the boiler room. I'm bringing him an empty jar for these next three months. And I'm saying, God, great. I'm making empty space. I'm shutting the whole thing down personally. And I encourage you, and I exhort you, and I ask you, find out how you can make some empty jars. Make some empty moments to seek the Lord. Because another word that I shared on that Ash Wednesday message that goes along with this is that the door is open. The door is open. Like I was saying earlier, I'm overwhelmed this morning by this reminder of the faithfulness of God. Like it's not like, bring me an empty jar. And then I'll decide kind of if I'm like, pat you on the head and say, thanks, I was just checking to see if you'd like do stuff for me. No, the Lord is saying, I am ready to pour out. I am ready to fill you. The door is open, like that throne room song we sang. The door is open into the presence of God by the grace of God. The door is open to deeper intimacy with Jesus this summer. The door is open for you. The door is open for you to learn how to pray. The door is open to the scriptures for you to read the scriptures and go deeper in understanding Jesus. The door is open to you for friendships and investing in friendships and making new friends, going deeper in current friends. The door is open for your life group to have a better, more fun cookouts and bonfires and friendship. Like the door is open to the kingdom of God. The door is open. So bring him an empty jar. Because he's like, if you just come, I'll fill. And I don't want you to miss that the door is open. This summer is not just another summer. This is a season of bringing the Lord empty jars, giving your time to ignite the boiler room of prayer in your own heart and in this church, because the door is open. In December, Chad and Kara shared a message with us about the parable of the ten virgins who needed oil for their lamps. And God has spoken to us this year to bring him another empty jar so that he can fill us with the oil that we need with himself by inviting us to empty out moments of time, empty out space in our heads and our hearts so that we can store up oil because God, it is on God's heart. It is the will of God that you burn for him. Yeah. 
He wants your lamp to burn bright. He wants you to be able to burn through the night and the waiting. He wants you to stay lit. He wants the boiler room to be lit and fueled so that we are ready to go full steam ahead into the open door that he has placed in front of us that no one can shut. The question is not, will God fill you? The question is, will you bring him an empty jar? The question is not, will God empower you to do what he calls you to do? The question is, will you ignite the boiler room? The question is not, will he call you? The question is, will you walk through the open door that he has put in front of you that no one can shut? So here's what I want to encourage you with into this summer, to act on this invitation from the Lord. Slow down. You guys can write these down. (laughs) Slow down. I'm, I'm encouraging you to say no to some busyness this summer. Jordan knows one of my favorite things to do is cancel stuff. (laughs) Say no to some busyness this summer. Slow slow down a few minutes in your morning and in your evening. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you how it should look. I'm not going to prescribe this for you. I'm not your life coach, you know. I don't know what's going on. But just take time to think through how you can slow down your insides a little bit. Slow down the insides a little bit. Have an amazing summer. Have fun. Do fun things. Go fun places. Do fun stuff. But don't just be busy. Slow your mind, your heart, and your life down a little bit so that you don't miss the still, small, quiet voice of God. Secondly, I encourage you to pray this summer. Once you take a few minutes to slow down, maybe use some of those moments to pray. Proverbs says that we should acknowledge the Lord in all of our ways. And that takes slowing down. Sometimes it's just that one quick moment before you walk into doing that next thing, just slow down for a second and pray, Lord, I acknowledge you. This is different. (laughs) Slow down and pray. Those few moments in the morning, before you look at your phone, before you go to sleep, just make some empty moments to turn your attention to the Lord. There's things that we're doing corporately that I would encourage you to take advantage of this summer. Number one, we are going to be uh, continuing Selah, which is exciting. We had said we were going to do it through Easter, uh, but now we're doing it longer. So we're going to do Selah through the summer, and uh, just a little more refreshed vision on that. You can listen to more in that stop message that I talked about. But there's been some questions about, you know, like, what about the awkwardness of this? Or maybe for the person who's new, who, who hasn't come to church before, or the, the person who's like, oh, I'm, I'm here every time. Now I feel bad. Like, don't feel bad. You know, there's nothing wrong here. This is just, this is a, Selah is a discipleship moment for all of us to say, like, when I come to church, Jesus is the target audience. Uh, we orient ourselves around being on time for him and setting our attention towards him. Like none of us, if you have kids playing soccer this summer, if you showed up 15 minutes later to the soccer game, no one would bat an eye if the coach was like, where were you? Why are you late? (laughs) You know, like, okay, fine. Yeah, you can play, but maybe you'll get into the second half, you know? But like when it comes to church, it's easy for it to be like, yeah, you know, my time, my way. No, this is the Lord's time. And we're, we, are, we are inserting this abrasive rhythm into our lives and our own selves to remember like, oh, it matters that I'm here. It, and, and, and honestly, coming, to, you're like, this feels different and it'll feel different for anybody coming. Church should not feel like every other place you showed up to last week. Yeah. 
And so that's why we have pastors out in the lobby to be looking for people who are like, whoa, I'm totally thrown off here. They can pastor that moment and talk about those questions and, and have that conversation. And that's a beautiful thing to have the first conversation be, uh, whether you're coming and you're on time or if it's somebody who's new, the first conversation is, yeah, we stop our whole lives to take communion because we believe that it's the body and blood of Jesus. And so that's what we do. And we honor him first in that way. So that's not to say we'll do Selah for forever, but it is, we have found that like, wow, this is a rhythm for us to disciple this truth into all of us. And, and we need this, we need this sometimes. So we're going to keep doing that and uh, it's going to be awesome. And, and just to be clear, like Selah, it's one of those ancient things. Like that was not a fresh idea, like being quiet before the Lord, you know, <laughs> was not like, oh, wow, what a crazy idea. It's like, no, this is what people have done for like thousands of years. We should probably do that. <laughs> All right, awesome. We're, we're also going to be continuing our Wednesday, uh, Wednesday prayer times here at church from 11 to 1, our Lectio Divina times. Um, if you've come to those, you know that it's been rich. And it's like you walk in the, it, it, I mean, you walk in the room and you're like, oh, okay, God's here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it is awesome. And I would just ask you, we're doing that every Wednesday from 11 to 1. Find a couple times this summer to come. Even if it's just for 15 minutes, come. We'll have a guide for you so that you can spend your time, whether it's 15 minutes or two hours. Uh, please don't miss this opportunity. I know there's a lot going on in life, but I also know that 99% of you can do this a couple times this summer. And I would just encourage you to do it. It's another great discipleship opportunity. It's a great, it's an, um, another ancient way to learn how to pray in a new way, connect with God. It's an amazing thing to do with friends and life group. Or if you're discipling somebody, be like, hey, let's go do this together. Because you don't have to do anything. You just give them the prayer guide. You're like, we're going to spend time with God together. So come and don't come alone, you know, come with your friends, come with your life group. And, and even if you can come for 15 minutes, I know some of you are like, I can't bring my kids. It's supposed to be quiet. I'm sure that your kids can do 15 minutes. If they can't, they can do 15 minutes in the living room, you know, out there in color. If they're, and if they're going to be loud, kind of, but they're trying their best, you know, the, the few other people who are here, they can put up with kids trying their best um, as you spend time with the Lord. So it's okay. It's okay. Let's just prioritize this time together. I, I encourage you to be there. You will experience the presence of God. You will experience the breath of the Holy Spirit. And your walk with God will go deeper, um, even if you just come one time and learn how to do this practice. The last thing I wanna encourage you to focus on this summer is building relationships. Prioritize just time with people. I, I just, I encourage you to, to be intentional, to enjoy the people in your life this summer. Enjoy your spouse, your kids, your friends, laugh, hang out, make s'mores and hot dogs and all sorts of good stuff. Have quiet nights watching movies, just enjoy. Enjoy this summer. Play is Sabbath for the mind, right? And, and I encourage you to do that. And know that when you do it, the Lord is with you. That's the point. Do it not just to unplug and get away and run away from everything, but do it as an act of faith. Like, I'm actually going to let myself joyfully and playfully engage with life because God's got me. And God's got me as I engage with these people. Those Friday nights hanging out, they are spiritual. Amen? They matter. They count. Those quiet Tuesday nights are spiritual. Jesus is with you, and he loves you, and he values the relationships in your life growing deeper, and it is, it is legit for you to give time and energy to that this summer. So as we wrap up, and we head out into this summer uh, going different ways, but heading into this season together, let's bring him another jar. 
Let's bring him a jar. Let's spend this summer bringing him empty jars. Let's spend this summer igniting the boiler room. Let's spend this summer going through the open door. Let's let Jesus get his hands into the dirt of our lives and do some digging and some fertilizing so that we can bear fruit to the glory of God the Father. Would you stand? I want to pray for you as we end this morning and as we head into this season before we head out. And I'll see you in a couple of months. I want to pray for us that we would receive this invitation from the Lord together. So if you're comfortable with it, I would encourage you to take that posture I talked about at the beginning and just put your hands out like you're about to receive something from the Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your living, active word, and we receive this invitation this summer to, to go deep in you. We do pray, Lord, over these words you've spoken to us that you would lead us in bringing you empty jars, lead us in igniting the boiler room in our hearts and in this church, lead us in walking through the open door towards you that you've put in front of us. And I pray, God, that you would help us to slow down and make enough space for you to reach your knowing hands into our hearts and minds and lives, that you would be gracious to prune what needs to be pruned, cultivate what needs to be cultivated so that we might bear fruit. Lord, over the ways and places in our life that are barren right now, would you please come in your mercy and bring fruit to the places that are fruitful. Lord, we invite you to come and prune that we might abide in you um, more, more, more bountifully. Lord, we, I pray over um, my brothers and sisters for this summer that it would be a summer of rich harvest in the presence of God and in relationships. I pray, God, the Holy Spirit, that you would be with us, stirring our faith every step of the way. Jesus, you promised that you would send the Holy Spirit to remind us of the things that you taught us. And so, Holy Spirit, we're asking that you would remind us in every moment this summer. Remind us, just whisper to us, hey, just breathe for a second. Remember me. Slow down. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear your whispering voice, and you would give us the faith to stop and slow down enough to search you out and come and listen to what it is that you have to say. So come on us, come fill us, and send us out in the power of the Holy Spirit this summer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.